0: This is the bloody disgusting podcast network. Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. And tonight, I have a very, very special guest, as the name of the episode suggested, (laughs) Rich Summer. My friend, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I am doing very, very well. Thank you so much for honestly being on the show. This is an honor. This is wow. Thank you. I mean, I we're really
1: milking it. Summer of '84 for everything that's uh that's possible to be milked <laughs> from it. From from you guys doing the the movie to having Matt and Steven on and then uh, and then here we are. It,
0: yeah. All I need are the kids. So that's, that's right. We'll work through <laughs> that's everyone involved. <laughs> let's, just, let's just redo the whole movie on the podcast. Perfect. <laughs> I have nothing else going on, so I am very in. <laughs> uh, I'm going to finish up the intro, and then we'll go ahead and jump into some okay. questions. We are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down and discuss the ultimate question, why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com forward slash Life and that's night with a K. By pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show as early as Monday. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Now, back to our guest, Rich. Thank you again. This Absolutely. Is, this is honestly... Really, really cool. Um, and uh, funny how we met. We, we met on the internet. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Initially how, how most people meet nowadays, I feel like. But uh, no, thank you. Seriously, this is this is honestly a really, really big honor. But I do have a, a nice little fun list of questions for us here. Um, now, first question that I do have to ask, and a, a lot of questions that a, a lot of my, my colleagues and whatnot were, were asking me there, it's like, is Rich even like, into horror movies and i was like i mean i, I could have sworn i've seen him with like a creep show shirt a few times but i'm not too sure
1: well you know <laughs> so when, first we, when, question. when we when we started this i'm sorry i jumped i'm i'm going to assume your no, question no, no. is am i into horror yeah. and yeah. i i do i can't call myself like a super duper fan like i couldn't sure. i couldn't trivia out with you probably but uh <laughs> if you know if if we this had worked we initially tried to record this on discord my logo on yeah. discord is me wearing my creep show shirt uh laying on the ground outside of the Egyptian theater in Hollywood, uh, right next to Ed Harris's star on the uh. Walk of Fame, because I was watching Creep Show on the big screen and right outside is Ed Harris's star. And as we all know, he dances a beautiful jig in the beginning of uh <laughs> Creep Show. And then I also uh. the, the only one sheet I own, I'm gonna show you on my camera. I know yeah. our listeners can't see it is oh, this my creep God. show one sheet from uh from then it's the only yeah. vintage movie thing i own uh because it's just i don't know it was it was one of those that it's like that first movie that kind of sunk its teeth in and and, and held on forever yeah. i've watched it probably every year since i was 10 and uh Fuck i fucking love it it's That's just it's awesome. it's the greatest so i yes i am into horror um <laughs> specifically creep show but but i i would say i'm i'm somewhere between a a and and, uh, a true expert. I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle there.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super interesting. Cause I, I, I always was thinking about that where I, I was talking to a buddy of mine and I was like, Hey, like, like, I, I, I don't really know what to ask in, in certain respects if he's not, and, and like but it, it's, it's, it worked out perfectly because once I, I saw your shirts, um, and I saw that actually that, that photo, I want to say, I think I saw it on Instagram once or something like that, but uh, I was like, oh shit, like, okay, no, like, is a pretty, like, that's not like a, just a basic movie for any, like, kind of <laughs> regular viewer of horror. That's like a, a pretty deep cut.
1: <laughs> yeah, it ended up being sort of, I mean, I, I, when we saw it, my friend Matt and I, when we were in, I think we were probably in fifth grade or so, staying up late in his parents' basement watching HBO, and, uh, yeah. he, he, you know, it, it just came on one night, and it was Back then it, it just ran all the time on late night TV. And, and then like you say, it's sort of, it didn't become a big, it's not a nightmare on Elm street. It's not a Friday the 13th. It's not a huge mainstream classic, but it is definitely a cult hit and the cast is unbelievable. It's just like an outrageous (laughs) cast, And of course the pedigree of the writing and the directing with Romero and with Stephen King. I mean, it's just like a, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good. It it, it was, it was
0: a, powerhouse of an anthology movie That's and, right. and, and, and it, it, it's it's so it's so interesting um to see people like talk about it and i, I, I don't know because i'm a huge fan of creep show 2 i fucking love creep show 2 <laughs> and, and it's mainly mainly the scene where the chick gets grabbed by the goo and is like pulled backwards and i was like this is bonkers I love it and um it's just it's so much fun and I I don't know if you if you had the opportunity to watch um Aaron Koontz's uh Scare
1: Package yet no I have not seen Scare Package I'm dying to see it it's it's Shudder's newest sort of anthology movie right
0: yeah yeah oh my god and it is so good Oh, good. so good, good, good. good if you are a fan of creep show you are going to be a huge fan of scare package because it is just nostalgia and uh, like you just see so many undertones and it's beautiful it's so well done shout out to Aaron, <laughs> but um it's uh, going a little bit deeper with uh i guess your your horror fascination and so on and so forth but um what initially sparked your interest in horror? Like what what was that first initial spark? Was it Creepshow or or was there anything else?
1: You know, I feel like well is the first thing that really like I said grabbed on. Um yeah. but I I I'm trying I always try to think of what the first horror movie was that I saw and I think it was Halloween 2 on oh, the channel. Wow. I, I grew up I grew up just outside of St. Paul, Minnesota, and and we had mm-hmm. uh, Channel Nine, KMSB, would show the, the sort of Saturday night movies with the commercials. And I'm pretty sure Halloween two was the first one I saw and it was I was way too uh young to see it for sure. Um <laughs> but then my main my main sort of way in was movies, yes, but I also read a ton of Stephen King early on. Mm. Um and not I wasn't reading like the stand, but I read um Firestarter and Christine and Cujo and Night Shift, uh, you know, and that was more, more of the novellas. uh, Yeah, exactly. I was really, really into the shorter bursts of stuff. I mean, I think it's why Creepshow and Night Shift, I still have my copy of Night Shift from that I got when I was maybe 12 on my shelf inside the house and it's, you know, falling apart as paperback and it's all just (laughs) totally in tatters. But I, I still I, – I think I just like – I've always liked a quick shot of it. I still like horror short stories. I still like yeah. anthology movies, period, are just uh, uh, one of the main ways I take it in.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. And it, it, I I think a lot of people have started either with movies or, or things like that. But I, I was talking to Stephen um about the and I initially asked him the same question and um, his answer was really interesting to me because we always hear the same story of like people starting at a very young age and same thing for me like I was pretty young I shouldn't have been watching those but uh, it, it honestly started with me with like cartoons and uh. I had such a fascination with like cartoons like Scooby Doo and. For some odd reason, because I, I grew up in the 90s, so, like, for some odd reason, Hey Arnold's Halloween episodes stuck with me more than sure. the regular episodes. <laughs> I sure. was just, like, the Haunted Train episode and Hey Arnold, I was just like, holy shit, I need more of all of that. And then we got the Headless Cabbie, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And uh, I, I I was fortunate, slash unfortunate, that my brother was, like, seven years older than me, so he would try to scare the shit out of me. Oh, yeah. Um, but, um... That's where I got like introduced to like Tim Burton um and Henry Selick when it came to uh more of the child horror of things where we got Nightmare Before Christmas and and then uh Corpse Bride and my brother also showed me Sleepy Hollow which I definitely shouldn't have been watching Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but um it, it it was all of that that initially kind of jumped my interest into it. It's but. you know, I
1: talked to my kids about this. I have my son is almost 10 and my daughter uh, will be 13 in December and mm-hmm. they are very into uh like spooky themed stuff, but they don't want to be scared. They like right. the themes like you said right. about Scooby Doo and Hey Arnold Halloween like uh, they the only simpsons episode i think they've ever seen is one of the halloween episodes with the telltale or, or the uh, not telltale the monkey's paw episode oh yeah um you know so like that's a they, great episode <laughs> it's great they're they're into the spooky stuff like they love goosebumps uh mm-hmm. they they loved i don't know if you saw house with the clock in its walls but that was really good I, pg13 I okay i highly recommend okay. as a perfect especially if you're if you're i'm sure you get questions like how do I get my kids into horror? If they oh, yeah, start, the if they start, you know, with the goosebumps and things like that, and they're into it, House with the clock mm-hmm. in it, wall in its walls, perfectly straddles yeah. those sort of kid goosebumps things, and then has legit moments of horror. There's a, oh, wow. a scene in a forest with a demon that I was like, oh shit. That's like, <laughs> I, I watched that when you're in bed, that scene, like it was, <laughs> it was, it's great. So that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. So that that whole difference between spooky and scary has become right. a real, uh, necessarily defined line in our house, uh, that, that we have to make sure we don't cross into scary, but we keep it right. spooky. Can I keep it spooky? That's
0: and right. Is the house with the clocks on the walls? Is that the one with Jack Black? Yes. Okay, and that was uh Eli Roth's
1: movie, right? Yeah, that's right, that's right. Got Eli it. Roth's okay. kid movie.
0: That's right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've always wanted to check it out, and I, I've, I've always was so interested in slightly detached from it in some in some way, but at the same time, I, I've always wanted to check it out. So I, I should definitely check it out. Um, I don't know if you if you you or your kids had the opportunity to watch um the reboot of Are you Afraid of the Dark*.
1: No, uh, my wife watched Are You Afraid of the Dark when she was a kid, so she was excited about it. But the kids – we started watching – there's a Netflix anthology show called Creeped Out that is sort of like Black Mirror for kids. And they were a little bit too freaked out by it. And so Are You Afraid of the Dark is not exactly – they're they're a little nervous to go that far.
0: That's completely fair. It, it, there's some fun little, uh, I guess for us actual horror fans, there's like some fun little play on things that they have in there. Uh, for example, there's um, uh, the middle school that they go to is Herbert West uh, Middle School from Reanimator.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly, I was yes. <laughs> like, oh, this
1: is awesome. That's and good. You little little get, tips of the hat.
0: Exactly. It is, it's It's. just those little sprinkles. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, I can, I can handle that. Um, so... Another question that I got for you is since, I, I mean, I, and this is honestly a really hard question to be completely honest, but uh, what would you say is your favorite horror movie? Now, this could be subgenre, it doesn't have to be just a specific movie. Um, you can add five. So, those are the rules.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. I know this question um, is so hard. I well, look, creep show is for for sure my Oh yeah. my I already one. added that to the um, list. That was th- like That's easy for enough. <laughs> um uh I think maybe oh boy, okay, I'm going to try. Uh probably the thing Carpenter's thing. Um, Fantastic. Uh let me see here. I'm going to say uh oh oh uh, tales tales from the Crypt Demon Knight is definitely oh, on my yeah. list it, it, by the
0: way it's ernest dickinson dickinson's birthday i today. saw that on <laughs> uh on twitter yes that's awesome um, yeah, yeah t-
1: dude that that movie, movie i haven't oh my God. i hadn't thought about it in a little while and then i watched horror noir and yeah uh, you know ernest dickinson is obviously so heavily featured in it and talks right. about that movie and that movie like i being a Creepshow fan, starting with Creepshow, and then, again, my friend having HBO, we watched the Tales from the Crypt show. So right. when that movie came out, it wasn't an anthology movie, but it was – that movie is is legit, I think, part of what made me want to be an actor. Like uh, wow. Billy Zane, for some reason, Billy Zane in that movie, <laughs> there's something – his voice is so – Fucking cool! Like he's just <laughs> like he switches between menacing and silly so fast, and I was just like, I I I, I was in a hundred percent. I love that it. movie. Um, and I then Bordello of Blood came, and I hated it with a fiery passion. Uh, so I, I
0: you know, I am right there with you. <laughs> right there with you, because it with Demon Night, it, it was so. That's honestly one of the movies that kind of sparked my interest of including the word night in most of my yeah. shit. Oh, anyway. sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Demon Knight, just for some reason, I don't know what it was, where, when, for me, uh, growing up as, as, a, as a black kid, I mean, it, the most interesting thing to me was seeing um, black representation in horror. And Demon Knight was so fascinating, because I was like, Wow, this kind of reminds me of the fog, but at the same time, like I'm I'm still getting like things that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And, and oh man, Demon Knight, man! Shout out to Jada Pinkett Smith. Jada Pinkett like, you know, Smith like, in that movie, she's so
1: good, so fucking cool. That oh, that, oh my god, I, I really dug that movie. Um, it's I got quite amazing. I'm gonna stop there. I'm gonna go with those three. The thing that's fair, probably the thing, uh, Creep Show and and uh, and Tales from the Crypt, Demon Night. C- completely
0: fair. Cause very, very solid choices. Um, rich, what would you consider to be your fuck that horror movie? Like the, the, the movie that is like ultimately like, you know, I, I don't really want to touch that specific genre. And a lot of people do, I will admit, do go with like torture porn or gore mm-hmm. porn and things like that. But which is fine. That's completely understandable. But yeah, what would be yours?
1: There is a, um, I'm not a, I'm not a big torture porn fan. I, uh, I, I thought I was. I had seen the original Saw, and I was like, okay, I could maybe get on board with this. And then I saw Hostel in the theater, and I was like, nah, fuck this. I don't really <laughs> like. I, I don't need to. It's not. It's it's not fun for me to watch it. Just right. be this like litany of well torture. It just wasn't yeah. fun to watch. Um, right. That said, uh, it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna interpret fuck that as a sort of like. Well, w- when you say it, are you saying like I'm not interested, or are you saying like Fuck that! I can't hang with this. Like it's
0: this the latter. Okay. Fuck that! I can't hang with
1: this. (laughs) I I think you know the the genre that I like to to challenge myself with, but that I often am probably most ooged out by is Home Invasion. Um, Wow. There's a uh, there's a I think it's a French. No, is it French or is it? No, it's French. I think called them. Oh my Um, God! I knew you were going to say it. (laughs) That movie fucked me up. I was very uncomfortable following the watching of that movie, and I think, like, I might, I maybe was okay with Home Invasion until I had kids, and then, I just start like, I I don't know that you you have a a kid on the way, I believe. Is that correct? Congratulations as well. Thank you. You'll you'll find that um, it does. change things in your brain <laughs> <laughs> and it makes things that maybe used to seem fun uh, seem less fun like for example uh, for me home invasion movies completely that movie, fair. them just totally wrecked me it was oh. uh, it was like that sick pit in your stomach it was I, I made it through it's short it's only like 70 minutes 75 minutes yeah. something like that I made it through but when it was over I was just like who ah I don't <laughs> um I don't like how i feel right now i like yeah. horror movies i like feeling scared i like the adrenaline rush that was uh that, that was, was something a whole
0: different yeah oh man it's funny you say that because i i re prisoners maybe about three or four months ago and uh, i haven't seen it since since it first came out beforehand and my wife was pregnant uh during that time frame and wow did that movie hit a lot different I was just like, yeah. oh my God. Oh my God. Like that, like it, it just it definitely got to me a little bit knowing that, like, oh, my kid's on the way. This yeah. dude stole two kids. Like, oh my God, this is <laughs> this is just so much. It's less fun.
1: <laughs> Even movies like like look, The Exorcist is a goddamn classic. No question Absolutely. about it. Um, and then you watch it as a parent and Th- your oh whole God. mind, sh- your whole mind frame changes where it's caring about the kid in a different way. You're not just Ugh. scared of the devil that lives inside sure. of her. Uh, it becomes just this whole, it's just this whole other thing. It's like, oh, oh, oh that poor mom. Like it's so <laughs> fucked. Uh, it just, it just uh, oh, changes shit. your perspective.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and I, you know, it, it's funny because I was even talking to my wife about this. I was just like, I'm very excited. To see how my my expectations are going to change for horror movies, uh, like for certain ones, I I think I'm still going to like them. Uh, Well, I mean, I hope so. I have this podcast, (laughs) but 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 with all of that, like it's just it's so interesting how kind of a, a slight life change. I mean, it's a huge one, but a slight life change can really change your perspective on like certain movies and how certain actions happen in movies with certain characters and things like that. Um, But wow. I'm so glad you, you even brought that up where it's just like exorcist and um, it is anything with kids. Cause I I like to say that, 2010s was uh, definitely creepy kids season. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that whole decade was just like the seasons of creepy kids. We got uh-huh. Stranger Things, you got it, you got uh, Children, you got it's just so many things that had the involve that involved kids, and I it was it it just had me thinking where I was just like, man, if I would have watched these movies back then would I have been afraid of my child? Like, 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 I don't know how I feel about this. So I'm very intrigued. I'm very curious. I'm very, I'm excited to see how I feel, but it it will, it will definitely,
1: it will definitely sort of rearrange how you receive things. And I'm sure like, I've never, I'm not, I'm not a soldier. My, um, Dad and brother are, they got the military gene. I, it skipped me uh, big time. And, uh, but, but I, they both um, went to places that I'm sure altered sort of their perception of how, like I just watched, I mean, this is not exactly horror, although it's sort of, I just watched Defy Bloods uh, last night. And, oh, yeah. you know, that a lot of that movie is about PTSD and sort of how right. your whole frame of mind shifts based on this yeah. huge obvious uh, obviously you know shattering experience and right. having a kid isn't a shattering experience or hopefully not it it hopefully yeah, isn't hopefully but not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is definitely seismic i mean it just changes uh it just from that point on you're just headed down a different angle and it and it right. does, i don't think you'll stop liking horror movies that's the good news but it will oh. alter how you receive them for sure
0: Perfect. All right. That, that I could deal with. That I could yeah. deal with. I, I, I also want to point out that I like to c- uh, comment that uh, the five bloods reminds me of uh, just, I guess, switch this back to horror, uh, of Jacob's Ladder without like the, the demons pretty much or the, yeah. the, the, the visions. I I just like I just think that is so interesting. And it's actually we have an episode on Jacob's Ladder and uh, we go. Really in depth in like the PTSD aspect and um, how his chiropractor is—I uh, think his chiropractor is Lucifer—and and <laughs> yeah, like it, maybe. it and I, it, it's so interesting. I, I forgot like the points that I made, but I would say listen to that episode because I, I just it's a very fascinating take that we had on
1: that. That movie—that's <laughs> another one that kind of fucks with your head quite a bit. Oh I yeah, mean, that's a hell oh, yeah. of a movie, but it is. <laughs> It is, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, little will shake That's you a ride.
0: That's a ride. Oh my gosh. Now moving on to uh, talk a little bit more about your role in um, Summer of 84. Now you played Mackie, mm-hmm. Officer Mackie, um, Wayne, right? Wayne Mackie. That's right. Yep. So uh, it, it, what intrigued you for that role? Were you first like signed up for that role or were you signed up for a different role or uh, going for anything?
1: It was a, um, it was sort of an offer at at a critical time. They were they were making this movie. I got the offer five days before I would have had to fly to Vancouver to start filming it. So oh, I they shit. were they were sort of up against it. And I don't know, you know, I, I've I've only been a, a producer on one very tiny movie, and I know that timelines become a serious fucking issue, especially when it's a bunch of other people's money involved and you have people to answer to. And you, in the beginning, you start kind of sending that script out to sort of who, whoever your, your dream pie in the sky person is. And you give them uh, take a, take two weeks to think about it. And then the next yeah. person, you're like, you know what? Take 10 days. And then it comes <laughs> down to, uh, can you let us know, like read it? And then as soon as you are done reading it, let us know, please. Cause we have to find someone. Um, and we, w- I think on this movie, I don't know where I fell in that list, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> I wasn't uh, the guy who had two weeks because again, I received it on Monday, and I believe I flew to Vancouver on Saturday, so it was oh, a shit. it was a quick turnaround. Um, and it also yeah. came at a at a sort of an auspicious time. We were moving into this house where we live now, and um, we the all of our stuff was in a moving truck from the other house. We were at a hotel uh, with right. our kids just spending the night while the truck got everything to where it needed to go. And that was when I received the email with the script and they said, you, you have to let us know by noon tomorrow. And so we were in the middle of upheaval. And again, four or five days after moving into this house, I was, I was like, well, do I, do I then leave for five weeks to go film a movie in Vancouver? Yeah. And um, I read that script. And as a fan of horror, the idea of somehow getting a script that all of a sudden felt like I got to be in an 80s horror movie. Like it, yeah. it, it, with. And now, obviously, everybody who's listening to this has hopefully seen the movie by now um, right. or doesn't care. <laughs> and then I could just yeah, say right. whatever yeah. I want. <laughs> Maybe they just want to listen. Um, Who but knows? Af- <laughs> after three episodes of Summer of 84, I have to imagine they either have seen it or don't care <laughs> at this point. I'm not going to push it. The movie's already ruined for them. We That's already right. released episodes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I think that I um, I liked that it was an 80s movie. It felt like an 80s movie with a very contemporary sort of hammer hit at the end. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that I, I, I hope, core. yeah, I mean, I, I hope that the, the viewer is sort of is lulled into the eighties movie sensibility and then yeah. is just yanked into now with the, the sort of shocking violence that happens at the end. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I was, I was offered Mackie and I was probably a, halfway through the script. And I said to my wife, as I was reading it, if this guy is not the killer, I don't want to do it. <laughs> Because, and I know that it is, excuse me, sorry, it it is, um, it lays out all these obvious hints throughout, but we've all seen movies that lay out all those hints. And then at the end, there's a left turn. and It's like like a red herring for everything. Exactly. And like you said, I think, I think it was you or maybe your co-host who said that. You thought it was Davy's dad the whole time, yeah, uh, that was Randall. Me. <laughs> which, right, which which also would have made perfect sense, except that I, in reading it, I was like, I don't, I don't want to be the red herring. I yeah. want this to pay off. I want people to to be so told that it's going to be Mackie that that they believe it can't be Mackie because right. of how heavily it leans into him. I want right. them to have gone, oh well, they're not going to it can't be Mac. but then when it is macky that it is hopefully um upsetting enough that you're like oh shit it was super <laughs> duper macky like uh you know that it really swings for it so i just i just really dug the script i was you yeah. know beyond excited to get it
0: oh absolutely and and by the way you played the, a perfect cape may slayer <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> i i it was absolutely Intoxicating watching you on screen. Oh, like it it, right. it, it, I. So that was my second watch through of *Summer of '84*. Well, actually, no, that was about my my my, th- my third or fourth watch through of *Summer of '84*. And each time, I always try to choose a perspective to watch the movie in. And the first time I watched it, I watched it under Davies. Uh-huh. Um, and the second time I watched it, I actually watched it under um, I'm blanking on her name, but uh. Uh-huh. But- um, oh, come on, Rich.
1: Uh, <laughs> Tierra Scope plays her, and her name, of course, Nikki. Nikki.
0: <laughs> Nikki. Yes, yes. Nikki. Um, and I watched it from her perspective, um, which actually, that her perspective made me cry. Mm. Um, and then uh, this go-around, I watched it from Mackie's perspective. And I just, it was the most chilling shit I've ever <laughs> witnessed, where you're just like, beat for beat. Like, if we were in Mackie's, like, shoes... Where you first initially go to his house, and uh, Davy's helping him initially take. Uh, I guess it was a it was a, a dresser right yeah, downstairs that's in right. the basement, and um, with that particular scene where he stops and kind of looks at the the pictures on the wall, and he says, "Oh, big family," mm-hmm. and like. The feeling I got when I watched that the fourth time, because it didn't really hit me. Like it was, it was like, oh, like, well, that's fucked up. But like, it 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 really hit me where it's just like, Mackie actually like, not only like, is really good at what he does, but he actually fantasizes about these people. Yeah. And it that's what made this whole thing chilling because it was just like you would see you would watch him. And you get that scene of, of uh, who wants an icy pop, yeah. right? And like the the icy pop scene, it, it like the look on your face of just pure dismay, like was absolutely gut wrenchingly genius <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it, 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 honestly even even you you drinking the beer right now gave me flashbacks of that scene'm <laughs> oh, <I'm> sorry <laughs> <laughs> I was like this is so fucking good and um i I gotta ask um since since you were drawn to Mackie and wanted him to initially be the killer, mm-hmm. how did you take that that spectrum of being able to flip from the nice guy to the bad guy all of a sudden? Uh, because it was quite instant for us audience members.
1: Yeah, well, specifically in the scene you're talking about, the Freezy Pop scene. I mean, it mm-hmm. is it's like a light switch almost. Yeah. Um I think that uh, I don't know. I I I guess. Look, there are a lot of people in the world who can really fool you and yeah. can really, um, you know, when you hear something and you're like uh, about, say, I don't know, a, a comedian who is messaging underage people or you hear about right uh, 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 any number of things. I, 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 yeah. I, I won't go into actual real life horror, but sometimes you just you're like, shit, I didn't i mean i didn 't see that like i don 't know the guy right. might have been he might have had some said some weird stuff, he might have done some weird shit, but that that's <laughs> that 's fucked up <laughs> um, and i I sort of uh, dug that i mean I dug that this was a guy who could um, present as mm-hmm. a not only a normal average citizen but an upstanding one um, uh, right. you know ostensibly a hero of the community and using that as cover i just found to be the most uh vile uh reprehensible shit i could imagine and that was part of the fun i guess question mark yeah no that's
0: that's <laughs> completely fair that is completely fair now when you when you think about like when you think about like kind of getting in the mood of being able to do that switch because that switch um even though we like we us as an audience members we know like shit he i I guess he was uh the cape main slayer and uh, and and it still is surprising when the full event at the end of the movie happens and oh my god like like well for, for that like what type of mindset did you have to kind of like place yourself like initially more so speaking to and i wouldn't even call consider this a dialogue the monologue. Mm-hmm. you have with Davey yeah like like it's just because it was so visceral like you even though you were whispering it it was cutting through his skin <laughs> and it, it it, like I I felt scared for this kid like
1: <laughs> oh well, my god, it was funny I I you know Graham who plays Davey um mm-hmm. I kind of went and his his either his mom or his dad was on set every day because he's a minor and right. I went to them I well so first off we shot that one just outside of Vancouver, about an hour. So we, I was at a right. hotel the whole night before that scene, working that scene and sort of trying to find where. Um, I mean, this is like douchebag actor stuff, but <clears throat> trying to find, <laughs> trying to find sort of where the levels of that monologue were going to be, where right. where uh, I wanted to sort of really punch him with words, and where I wanted to like pull him closer. And I, I pulled his dad and Graham, I pulled Graham and his dad to the side uh, before we started shooting that scene. And I said, listen, Graham, I want, I want this scene to be really, um, if it's okay with you, if I want it to be really intimate. So I would like, if it's all right with you guys, I would really like to touch your face a lot. I want to touch your neck. And I kind of, you know, I was like, this is what I want to do. And I, I, I'm gonna be so. If it's okay, I want to be so close to your face that we are almost like our 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 faces are touching, like our right. lips are our, almost touching. I want it exactly. to be. It's and I was clear. It's not sexual. It's right. intimate. It's it's right. very intimate because I you know we had talked about. Uh, I had spoken with with Stephen and Matt and with the directors about how Mackie's, deal worked and a lot of it for me was about him i mean he says in the beginning of the movie i i wish i could just freeze it for you i would you know what a perfect age yeah. i wish i could just freeze it for you clearly and when they go down into his basement and they see that room that's preserved right. as mackey's room would have been when he was that age i mean he wants in my mind even though he didn't don their skin like buffalo bill he wanted right. to be inside of their skin and so with with davy in that moment uh with graham i wanted it to just be as grabby and sort of you know that if he if he could do what he wanted to do he would take him by the ears and just pull you know just yeah. pull it all off and i i uh so it it was they were they were great and and that was one of the last scenes we shot so right. we had built 5 weeks of trust and i knew them well enough that that I I felt okay asking that and, and, uh, they, they went a- along with it well. And, and I, you know, we only shot it in my, to my recollection, I think we only really shot that monologue two or three times, oh, wow. um, because it was, it was pretty taxing and it was a pretty, um, intense sort of moment. And I'm not a super, uh, Strong guy. I'm not a super powerful guy, and I was using sort of every. There's one part where I sort of pick him up by his arm and just set him down somewhere, oh, yeah. and it was using every ounce of strength I had to look like I wasn't uh, a weakling. So it was it was a real um, uh, long day, but but their their willingness well, it to worked. sort you're of
0: fucking terrifying. You was <laughs> very
1: kind of you. they were just so they were very. Kind and again, we had built up a trust, and they knew I wasn't going to violate uh, any part of that. But but it was yeah. definitely an agreement that we had that this guy it's going to be real um, intimate, and and that's what our faces yeah. are just our foreheads once they connect in th- at the beginning of that monologue, they almost never come apart. You know, we're really pressed head to head, and it's a yeah. um, it's I don't know it's it's legit one of my favorite uh, speeches I've gotten to do
0: in, in, it, the, the actual brutality of that particular scene, because there, there's people that I, I know who are just strictly afraid of horror movies, and I, I always tell them, I was like, well, do you want to see one of the most uncomfortable things you've ever seen? And I, I, and I, I always say, I, I'm like, just let me show you the end of this movie. And, and typically that just sparks and just like, well, I got to see how it got to this. Sure. Cause like, what did this kid do to make this cop so mad? Like, <laughs> So I, that particular moment, it reminds me very much of, uh, cause like I, I like to break this movie down uh, backwards and forwards and sideways and in any way that I possibly can. Cause I absolutely love analyzing this movie cause it's so layered. Um, but the scene where you're going into over to Davy's house and Davy's alone,
1: mm-hmm. and A phone call
0: that oh my god, fuck that was that was so scary <laughs> and the the sound design really played in your favor oh, yeah. because. Davey, he we see him grab the knife and, and uh he he gets the phone and and finally hands it to you and he tells you not to come to the house. Like, okay, stay there and uh-huh. I'll I'll bring the phone to you and you come to the house anyway. Uh-huh. And I love how immediate it was that you came to the house, like not even a thought, like you you already knew, like like no, like I'm the fucking adult here. Don't like I'm coming into your house. Yeah. Like I, I'm going to do that. I I I'm the authority. And that's what it felt like And it felt so, obviously it was very uncomfortable, but (laughs) on top of it being uncomfortable, it it just really worked to Mackie's favor. Because you got to actually see, like, no, he's willing to kind of do anything. Like, if if Davey were to probably really, truly step out of line, because I was even thinking to myself, like, I think I even said this on the episode where I was just like, I would have shut up. Like, I, like you know, he is the killer now. Like you, you have all this evidence. I wouldn't have said that shit, but at the same time, you know, I'm not a teenager anymore. (laughs) So like, it's, it's just, I probably would have if I was a teenager. And it's just, I was just like thinking about that. And I think about that scene actually fairly often because it's, it's one, it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Um, besides, uh, The Freezy Pop scene and the ending, Um, because that ending is my favorite monologue of all time, Ah, and I even have it written down in my notes. And um, it's just, it works so well because it's you're not yelling at him, Mm -hmm. and and I think that's why it works because you'll see, and and this is no offense to Marriage Story, Marriage Story is is actually a really fantastic movie. Oh yeah, but um, the scene where Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson are yelling at each other. And like that scene was very powerful, but I was just thinking to myself, I was like, this scene would have probably been 10 times better if it was whispered Mm. because now they're trying to hide something. Yeah. Right. And, and that's what this felt like, even though Mackie was completely exposed and, and it's just everything completely exposed. He had nowhere to really truly hide, not even internally, but yet, That whisper was like he is still hiding something. He is still a lot more powerful than what the Navy thinks. (laughs) Like, holy shit.
1: He's not a good dude. That's the no. real short version of it. Yeah, exactly. Not Definitely
0: not. No, I, I do want to bring up that uh, your character is extremely believable. And like you said, you know, you can't, you, it's hard to, it's hard to kind of put your trust out and in, into somebody uh, and who can especially could just flip it just like that. But what would you say is your favorite part about being Mackie?
1: Well, <clears throat> I guess the, um, you know, it sort of speaks to what we've been talking about, but his mm-hmm. ease—the ease with which he is able to kind of, you know, code switch in a way Does yeah. this like, uh, am I am I uh, am I in front of people right now? Are people looking at me? Well, then I'm the good guy. And if no one's around, he's jogging, or if he's the freezy pops, no kids are looking at him at, him at that yeah. moment. Or even when Davy goes. To get the phone, and Mackie just sort of steps inside the house. His willingness to drop all the pretense when no one's looking, and then to immediately bring it all back up the second somebody's looking, uh, he's he's a skilled dude in that way. Yeah. And I, um, I don't know. I mean, I I sort of wish I had the kind of <laughs> finesse to be able to hide my feelings at time. I, <laughs> I, I I'm I'm generally wear my feelings on my sleeve. Uh, and I sort of appreciated a guy who was patient enough to wait for the right moment. The yeah. fact that he makes it, you know, as long as he does, with all the shit that, I mean, now speaking as Mackie, with all the shit that Davy throws at him, with all these curveballs that yeah. could have fucked him from the get, like every yeah. single thing that happens, he he is patient and rides it out. He... Opens the window a bunch of times. He he says things like, "Hey, I got another walkie-talkie inside." You know, they uh, they hear everything. If you want to use it, yeah. And and obviously, he's telling him something in that moment. He's saying they they pick everything. They pick up everything. Meaning, I I hear you I guys on the walkies. You. Yeah. But also, he's like, uh, if you want to come inside, I could kill you now, or right. <laughs> I could kill you later. It's up to you. His sort of willingness to let it play out. Yeah. Was, was, I don't, fun is the wrong word. It was, it was fascinating to get to roll around in this guy a little bit. I mean, that's, yeah. I don't know. I, I generally, I have generally played people who look like the nice guy and end up being an asshole, whether it's <laughs> to the extreme of Mackie who murders children yeah. or something as simple as a guy who, you know, cheats on his wife or whatever. I, I, sure. I am not the uh, whatever. Uh, I don't want <laughs> categor, to categorize those things. Yeah,
0: that's it's <laughs> also bad. Not de- yeah, that's just as horrible. Yes, yes. <laughs> maybe not as lives. horrible. I, I don't know. <laughs> right? It's yeah, fine. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> you know? You're, maybe we're killing a piece. That's right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um,
1: but I think that um, I don't know. There, there. I, I like again as a person who has trouble sort of patiently holding on to his emotions. I generally say what is on my mind. Um, Mm -hmm. I appreciate playing people with restraint and Mackie had nothing but restraint uh, until, until that, until it was, till he could let it go till he got them out of that place and into his place and could, could let it rip.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, this is very different from like most characters you've played right like i mean it, it, it's it's cuz I, I don't know i i i I've, I've followed you on mad men and i, I think well actually no i think i first seen you were you in devil wears prada
1: i was yeah
0: okay so yeah i i remember you from devil wears prada um, she should have never stood you up.
1: Uh, <laughs> that wasn't that part wasn't me. I was her friend who who absolutely abused her kindness. That just uh, like that's every right. other uh, character I've ever played. Again, a person I generally play very self interested people with varying <laughs> degrees of evil. Uh, his was just sort of like he was kind of a dick, and then it the yeah. goes to Mackie's probably at the other end of the extreme. <laughs>
0: Um, but like seeing you, seeing you in Mad Men, and and, and seeing in Glow as well, and, and all that stuff. Like, um, I, like, ha, are you in any other
1: like horror films? Uh, I the first, the first, the first job I ever had. Uh, oh, oh, we're we're diving deep. Yeah. Was, is this even on IMDb? Uh, it's on IMDb. Okay. It's an anthology film called Death Foretold. Death, the number four told. And also starring in this movie are um, uh, Margot Kidder and Tom oh, Savini. Wow. And, uh, Shit. Now, I, they are in different stories. It's an anthology right. because it's the four stories. Um, mine is a, a group of kids who go camping. Um it's not my best performance I was still in graduate school I think I was in second year of acting school yeah. and I believe I made a uh, hundred and fifty dollars and I spent two weekends at a Boy Scout camp uh, just outside of Columbus Ohio or maybe one weekend at a Boy Scout camp just outside of Columbus Ohio uh, filming it and um, yeah I'll just uh, I'll just say... I'm not good in this movie. I deli- I have the line. Uh, Probably someone was hunting around here. I say because we find an arrowhead, mm. and it's delivered uh, in a fashion much like this. Probably someone was hunting around here. That's literally how I said it. And I'm not supposed to. I mean, I'm I supposed it. to be like your average American twenty-year-old. Yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> uh, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. My performance. In particular, was very very uh, poorly done. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've done uh, another horror yeah, movie. That one,
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, no I know you're, you, you've also done like voice acting and things like that. Like you're on Adventure Time and regular mm-hmm. show, and then and, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I think you were in. weren't you in Project Alex? Uh, uh, yes, yes, I, oh, no, I, the, 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 I was.
1: Yeah, I did a, a couple of scenes in that. Um, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, voice acting has been sort of. When Mad Men was winding down, that was uh, a place I wanted to put some focus. And it really yeah. started I, – I voiced a video game called Firewatch that ended up kind yes. of being this cool indie hit. And yeah. um, and from that, I've I've gotten to do a couple of other things, which has been really cool. And the, guy, the Project Alex in particular was written – Right. Partially written by the same guy who wrote Firewatch. And Firewatch. So it was, that's uh, right. Yeah. yeah. That's,
0: that's incredible. Uh, really I, for – Just to speak on that a little bit, you did the main character's voice, right? Uh, In Firewatch. Yeah. Firewatch? Yep. Yeah. Uh, So Firewatch was interesting because Firewatch kind of starts off as a creepy game. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, cause like you're, you're just like okay, well shit's going on. Like there's people like like on the, on the on, like in the lake. One's naked, uh-huh. tell them tell them to come over there. And you're just like okay, what what the shit? What's happening here? Um, and it's just it, it's it's just a beautiful story. But um, if Firewatch reminds me of uh the Ranger. Like if it were to, I, I don't know if you've seen that the Ranger I, on Shutter.
1: Oh, I ha- oh I have not seen the Ranger. I know which one okay. you're talking about. I have not yeah. seen it. Yes.
0: So it reminds me of that and. Like, I'll have to check that out then. God, yeah. It is very, very interesting. It, it is very interesting. But uh, the Rangers fucked up. So, you know, just just prep yourself for that one. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, the Rangers <laughs> messed up. But the Rangers takes a lot of, like, really, really cool um, opportunities to uh, be an opportunity for advocacy for, um, like, um, homosexuality and, and things like that. And it's so, so, so well done. Um, now... One question. One last question for for Mackie, I guess. Uh, what would you say was your main inspiration f- to bring Mackie to life? Like, like, did, did you have to do any type of research of like, like, I don't know, serial killers or, uh, like, because because he, he really gives me vibes of off of um, Bundy and, mm-hmm. um, it, I mean, this this might even also be a little bit more messed up. I mean, Ed Kemper in a way mm-hmm. as well, where he was so deep with like police lore and all other shit. Well,
1: Ed Kemper, I mean, that's a, that's a, I mean, that dude's uh, quite a, Nuts. I mean, they're all, it's all a they're, tale. They but, are. 100%. But that one, Ed, Ed Kemper has a particular sort of um, terrifying nature to him because again, he doesn't, he doesn't really read as, I I, I, I think we all want to believe we can identify evil in the world. We all yep. want to believe that we can go, oh, that dude's bad news, and that one's good news. Um, Right. The problem is uh, we have a lot of shit in our heads that gets in the way, and we presume we know how the world works, and we're wrong. Pretty much a lot of the time, 95% (laughs) of the time, we're wrong. And so (laughs) I think think that uh, Mackie, um, I didn't. I didn't draw any direct inspiration from those guys. I I know sure. that Matt and Steve sort of it was a a, a sort of and I know they talked to you about this too, but mm-hmm. and a, a, a collage of a lot of those kinds of influences and then their own thing. I think it was it was mainly just again about about that whole thing of of uh, you know judging books by their cover. It's not yeah. it's not a simple thing, and. Um, <laughs> fuck i don't want to bring in the current world but uh you know um <clears throat> cops have been telling us for a long time they're the good guys and they're full yeah. of shit most of the time so mm-hmm. i don't know i mean i, I uh, you know that's my opinion anyway and i think it's uh there's something sort of attractive in f- attractive right. and that's in quotes in getting to play one of those people who wears that badge and advertises his heroic nature and then has a whole thing happening that you just, you couldn't have known about Uh, no matter what he tells you, no matter what story he gives you um, it's uh, it's not what happened. And um, I I mean, look as insidious, as gross as it is when he um, when you see him grab Woody and cut his throat or grab Davy and, you know, uh, smash his head against him. I, one of the parts that creeped me out the most in the movie is his willingness. There's that part where they catch the Cape May Slayer, quote unquote, the, Mm -hmm. that Mackie catches the guy. Right. And he says, this is the guy. And the chief pulls him up and says, Wayne Mackey caught the Cape May Slayer and Mackey says, well, I was just out there doing my job. Uh, That part was probably one of the creepiest parts to me because of his absolute unwavering willingness to throw anyone under the bus and obliterate a life to keep himself, to keep his shit going. Uh, that, That part, that was, I think... That speech uh, that we did, where Mackey talks to the camera and you know says, uh, uh, I don't remember. He says something straight to the camera during that little press right. conference. Like I, I, something I, like,
0: I think it was something like, uh, hopefully everyone could uh, sleep a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, that that's right.
1: Like yeah, that. he says that or yeah. like, I'll, I'll, I'll find, I'll, I'll be there or whatever he says. Yeah. He says something sort of a veiled threat to Davy, right. and I think that's like the first thing I shot. Was that scene? And it just set a tone for me of like, this guy, this guy will do or say anything. He'll just do or say anything. And it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty gnarly. That guys pretty gnarly.
0: <laughs> no, I I completely understand and it, it it's so interesting how you were able to kind of piece all that together kind of like on a volition of just the script and and that's awesome that the inspiration was the script for yeah. you. Uh which is um very intriguing. I mean, I can't say if, like that doesn't happen for for most actors to be honest. You're the first actor I've actually talked to. So <laughs> so Thank you for being my first. <laughs> but, be uh, but initially I just find that so intriguing that the way that you portrayed Mackie to be such a kind of a, a stone cold player in a way where he was heartless and he did only care about himself. Um, and granted, and I, I was even having a conversation a, a few days ago um, with a, a buddy of mine who just finished listening to our Summer of 84 episode. And they, they texted me and they were like, like, hey, like, why do you think Mackie lived alone? Like, I wanted you guys to touch on mm. that. And um, and they're like, I was like, well, you could state the obvious. I mean, he wanted to do his killings in peace. Right. I mean, that, that's that's the obvious. But um, but I, I told them, I was like, what I truly think, if we peel back the layers, he only gave a shit about himself. Yeah. and if 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 a person to live with him were was going to help his cover up, he would have
1: done it. Maybe, yeah, I think that's probably true. I mean, I, to be honest, I also don't necessarily think of Mackie as a sexual being. I don't Same. think he's, I consider
0: him asexual. Yeah,
1: I think he's asexual. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, in my in my rendering of him, I mm-hmm. never thought about him. Feeling attracted to anyone except right. for a victim, um, exactly. and and again, it was never sexual. It was right. it was his highest level of intimacy, but it wasn't sexual. It was just right. a. This is how I. I mean, this is in quotes. This is how I get off. I don't think he ever right. got off on it. I mean, I mean, that's just how he found peace and yeah. sort of release and relief. Was you know the the. Uh, the only murder we see him commit on screen is Woody. And right. that scene um, where, you know, when I'm on, on Caleb's back and we do mm-hmm. the thing and he lays down and there's this sort of, I, I mean, I, I don't know how well it is presented in the, in the moment, but what was going through my head is just this sort of like, you know, that sort of coming down from the end of an intimate act and yeah. sort of, um, it was like this, this, this pleasure, this release, this relief, you know, all yeah. of that. I, I, again, I'm, I'm, I mean, not to be crass, I'm not talking about him, um, again, getting his rocks off. It wasn't that it was just, it this was his, this is as, as this is intimacy for him. This yeah, is what it exactly. is. Exactly. You know?
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, I love the way you put that. Absolutely. Um, do you see yourself ever going into another horror film like or, or ever acting in another horror film or anything like that?
1: Well, if you saw the amount of emails I wrote to my agent begging to find a way to get me into the Creep Show television series on Shudder. Uh, oh, fuck. I was, I was like, I can't tell you. <laughs> How much I want this! I was like, "This is all I want." Shutter is owned by AMC, who made yep. Mad Men. Mad Men. And yeah, I, was, is- I wrote to producers at AMC. I wrote to my agent. I wrote to anyone I could think. I was like, Please, "I will be a body. I don't. I don't need to be the star of it. I just yeah. want to be." In I pan past a restaurant and I'm sitting in the restaurant as you go by. <laughs> That's all I want. I just want to exist in the world of Creepshow. show. I oh, haven't gotten to do that yet. Not, um, oh man! So, they didn't hit you up for season two. I haven't <clears throat> haven't heard oh. anything yet, Prince. But I'm uh, you know right, fingers right. crossed. Fair enough, uh, fair we'll enough. see. It's not it's not uh, it's not over yet. Um, but no, of course. I look horror is. If I had to name my favorite genre of film, I think it's safe to say it's horror. And I would yeah. love nothing more than to participate in more storytelling in that type of uh, realm. Whether yeah. it's in the same way that, you know, in the vein that Mackie was sort of the, the evil one. I, I, I'm happy to do that again, but I'd also like to, to explore what it is to be tormented you know yeah. uh, in one of those kinds of ways so yeah uh, definitely it's it's a a goal of mine and especially look there's not only more horror being made now than ever there's more right quality horror being made now right. than ever i think it's safe to say um yeah. there's there there is still kitsch in horror mm-hmm. but it's you know, with the advent of Blumhouse and other places like it, A twenty four and Blumhouse sort of setting this. I mean, especially A twenty four, but setting yeah. this sort of artistic bar. Right. And I'm not ta- not you know, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be, um right? You know, Happy Death Day was,
0: is is definitely one of those types of movies that's
1: incredibly smart. <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> I love Happy Death Day, and it's goofy as all hell, but it exactly. is. I've seen it I bet you I've seen it 5 times. I yeah. love it. Like I just It's so much fun. It's so fun. It just bounces along every time she wakes up and it's like shit. I just fucking <laughs> love it. Um so so yes, I I definitely hope to get to do more horror as time goes awesome. on.
0: Awesome. Do you have like a specific well actually you already kind of uh, answered that, but if you If you could pick like a sub genre of horror, like would you want to be in more of those art horror type of horror films, like a like a Midsummer, like a Hereditary, or like a Get Out? Uh, Well, I guess a Get Out would be more of a a social justice horror. But
1: if Ari Aster called me, or if Jordan Peele called me and said, "Would you like to be in my next movie?" (laughs) I would uh, be very happy to say yes. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, Um, but uh, yeah, look, I I've had a funny. I've really had a fortunate career. There's no question about it. As I look back at sort of the jobs that I've had throughout my time in my professional life since since I got to New York in 2004, Mm -hmm. I've I've had the opportunity to do sort of screwball silly in things like White Hot American Summer, and then to do you know grounded. drama stuff in in plays and in madmen and and the like i i really enjoy all styles of storytelling yeah. um so yes of course i would i i have a soft spot for sort of slow horror i like i love it slow smart horror um yeah. but i also again like you said with happy death day i fucking love a bouncy goofy look uh, and and maybe the perfect marriage of those two styles is mike flanagan like uh, just about everything that mike flanagan is doing i was just about (laughs) like that guy i i I, right after um the netflix show house uh oh come on am i really gonna forget house of haunted hill house on hill Uh, i get haunting of hill house and well but but there are it it, it they all converge. Matter. Yes, <laughs> Shirley Jackson novel. The you know all of them. Um, they come get mixed together in my head. But when that show came out and I watched it back to back to back, and it absolutely gutted me. I mean, I was I I, I cried. I was ha- truly terrified at times. I mean, I just yep. thought it would. And that whole episode that's done in like three takes is uh, I think it's episode six of the yeah, of this, six. the show. I mean. I've watched that four times. I, it's It's beautiful. Stunning. It is stunning. Absolutely beautiful. Switches from the adults to the kids to the whatever. I mean, anyway, um, (laughs) I reached out to my agent after that and I said, can you, I need to, I just want to email Mike Flanagan and say, that was unbelievable. That's all I want. Just let me. And I had yeah. seen Hush and I'd I'd seen Absentia and I've seen you know yeah. I've been a fan already. So that right. series, I was just like, come on, I, I just want to write to her. And she said, Oh, no problem. And you know, sometimes we have these dialogues and she'll say, I'll get you the email. She gets me the email. I write an email, I never hear anything back. It's just like a note to say how much I right. loved it. Like, hey, like
0: that, that's all I
1: wanted. That's right. She I kept, I was like, Can you get I just want Mike Flanagan's email? She was like, Yeah, I'm working on it. And then finally, like six weeks later, she was like, I, I don't think you're getting Mike Flanagan's email. I think uh, I think everybody wants Mike Flanagan's email right now. It's oh, like, fine, fine, it's fine. I'm not looking to kiss his ass. I just want to say that shit moved me. Like that yeah. was just that guy Absolutely. is unreal. All of that being said, I haven't seen Doctor Sleep yet, but I'm I need <sighs> to. I need to. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Know, that know,
0: that is I like know. a top priority. I know. I know. Watcher, I, uh, so I. it's funny you bring that up because I. I people are probably getting so sick and fucking tired of me saying this, but Mike Flanagan is my favorite director. And it, and it's one of those things where I consider him on the path very soon to become a horror. Great. Like like he is stylistically, he's, he's fantastic and he's willing to try new shit. Yeah. That is the most incredible thing where it's just like a person of his pedigree doesn't have to try new shit. He can make his own style and, and, but at the same time, he always wants to do something new. Like if, if we even talk about Hush for a moment, huh. we I, we actually just ended up we watched Hush last night, um, and talked about it last night for the show. And um, the scene where he brings down the or when, not he, excuse me, when um, I think her name is Maddie mm-hmm. in the in the movie, but when she brings down the crossbow and the mm-hmm. camera se- sections down with her when she drops it to the ground. Oh my god. Like it, it's just like that is such a simple thing that just happened but it looked so different and like misplaced and cool and yeah. matrixy and and it yeah. felt so 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 guttural. Like it was something
1: about it that made it feel snuff. That is the shit that makes me realize I could never be a director. <laughs> Because it, it looks, like you said, it's not like a complicated thing. It's not a, right. it doesn't, it doesn't change film, but fuck right. if it's not an effective moment. And yeah. I just don't know Seriously. how you conjure up, like, does Mike Flanagan oh. wake up and go, oh, yeah, what if I do the, I'll try the, hey, What if we do a thing with the crossbow where we go with the, okay, let's try there, it. Uh, it's not fair that people could be so relaxed with creative ideas like that (laughs) because uh, I would have to, for me to come up with that kind of idea would be weeks of muscling and I'd be lucky if I did.
0: Absolutely. And and, and I, I'm right there with you. Like I'm, I'm in a way trying to write my own screenplay and I'm, I'm, I'm having a fun time doing it. You know, it's, I'm taking my time and, and, and things like that with it. And um, there's certain things, aspects to it to where i am thinking of like well like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think about it with like music and 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 sounds and and how things would certainly move and and it's just it, it's hard for me because mm-hmm. i'm just like I'm, I'm not used to this I'm, I'm used to i'm i'm a designer of trade and and i i've been a designer for for over 10 years now and um with that specific mindset i'm just like I'm trying to think of it as a designer and I'm just like, I need to get out of that frame. Like I I need to, I need to know that I'm not going to see this right away because I'm so used to seeing my product right away. Like I could start with a line and then I know if I put three more lines, I can probably make a triangle. So it's just like, (laughs) it's things like that that are popping into my head. But uh, more specifically with Mike Flanagan, like I, first of all, I would die if I saw you in a Mike Lannigan, <laughs> uh, you would die. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. would be like, <gasps> <Rich! laughs> like, like, I would immediately hit you up and be like, Oh my God. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, it, I'd be,
1: it'd be it, okay it, with it, me too. Prince <laughs> <laughs>
0: like it, it's so, it's so interesting. But in like, he is my Holy grail guest. Like, like I have a list of guests that I have on this. Um, and it's, with this list, it gets it gets larger and larger each day. Of course, but the very first guest that I put on there was Mike Flanagan, yeah. and and the second guest was Guillermo del Toro, yeah, and the third guest was uh, um, uh, Elijah Wood, yeah, and I I was like these are my grails, these are my goals, like, and I I don't care which order I get them in, I know that doesn't matter to me, um, but. Mike and I just want to pick his brain on all. I want to say he's on his eighth movie now, right? Mm. Or yeah, I want to say that's about right. Um, and I just want to pick his brain, like how how is it that as a director, you're the only director I know who drastically just gets better and better and better each movie? I don't, I don't, I don't know how you do that. Like, I, I watch a Quentin Tarantino movie, and like Hateful Eight is my least favorite Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm. That was his 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 second second to last movie yeah, and right. i was just like well i was like that's you know the, it's weird that on his eighth film oh can you hear me let me let me see if i can fix that uh can you hear me now no nope, still nothing can't hear me oh no this is my fear let me try oh, to there fix it is that. Can you one? There. there it is yeah there it is all right. We made, so we made it so far. We made it so far. We did. We did. <laughs> we're all we're, we're almost done. We're, we're wrapped up soon. But uh, it, it, it's just it, it behooves me to think where it's just like, how do you on your eighth film with something like Dr. Sleep, mm-hmm. just take this spectrum and really just flip it upside down and just make something that technically is a sequel to something. Yeah. But works so beautifully as a standalone movie. I got to see that movie. You really need to see
1: Doctor. Is, it, Please is watch Oc- the director's cut? Okay. Oh, there's a difference. Please, there there's a
0: huge difference. Okay. The the, the, the theatrical is still good. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I watched the theatrical tr- twice at two separate press events. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just like I need to go to the, I need to go to the second one. Um, but with with this um, with the director's Ritz theatrical. The theatrical is about two and a half hours, about two hours and 20 minutes. The director's cut is three hours and five minutes. Wee, Yeah. So <laughs> it just, it, it, it's weird because it just, the time just flies by. I've been trying to get my wife to watch Doctor Sleep for so long because she loves The Haunting of Hill House. Oh my she God. She loves The Haunting of Hill House. And um, I was just like, oh man, like you have to watch Doctor Sleep because it you see moments of Haunting of Hill House in Doctor Sleep. Uh-huh. And I had her little sister watch it and she loved it. She was just like this, like at first she was playing animal crossing while we were first (laughs) watching it. And I think it was like maybe 15 minutes in after that. And she's like, hold on. Let me, let me put this away. Like, like this is actually interesting. Like my attention is being grabbed. And I, we started it quite late, like around seven 30 ish. And we weren't done until maybe 11. And it, it was just like, she was just like that time flew by this. This movie was just probably. And she said it was probably one of her favorite horror movies of all
1: time. Oh, that's awesome.
0: And I and I love that because it was it was my favorite of 2019. And I it was my my movie of the year of 2019. Nothing was able to top it. I, I just, for me, it was just so much fun. Beat for beat, and my friends even were just like, "You really like you you put that over Midsummer." I'm like, "Absolutely, Like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, I had so much fun with Doctor Sleep, and I can watch that movie over and over and over again. Midsummer, I need a break every time. Like, that's a that's a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. It's a it's a that's hard a movie. Hey, Oculus is Mike Flanagan too, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I fuck also also too.
0: he wrote that with his wife as well, um, Kate Siegel. So um, they both wrote Hush and Oculus, uh. and the the beauty of of them when they wrote hush they acted the whole movie out in their house before they actually were deciding to film it oh that's cool and they said if they initially said if we can get each other scared we we we're going to make this movie and holy shit did they get each other scared now rich a last question before i let you go my friend now this is a question to ask all my guests this is a question that i technically did not make so by all means don't don't attack me this is technically from tal zimmer um uh but why horror like what what is it about horror that just kind of keeps you coming back each and every time whether it be you wanting to act in it or you
1: wanting to watch it Well, first of all, uh, by the way, you brought up Tal. Um, I co-hosted a trivia, a horror trivia night with Tal in Toronto uh, last year, which was very, very exciting. Uh, And it was at a bar in Toronto that has a shining room. Uh, built into it. They have a shining bar. There's a a arm of the bar that is the shining bar. I'll send you a picture later. uh, Please do. (laughs) That you can share with your, your, your listeners, if you'd like, please uh, us at the shining bar. And it was, um, that's incredible. It was really cool. Anyway, why horror? Well, Prince, great question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Look, I think there's the academic answer, which is that I don't know that there are many genres that better allow for a sort of um, metabolizing of a uh, social issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that it's safe to say that there are more sort of allegorical and metaphorical horror movies than there Mm -hmm. are almost any other type. I guess sci-fi and thrill... There's room in sci-fi, obviously, because of the way you can bend the rules. But horror... Allows you to break any rule of reality that you want. It's true, and and sort of show the extremes of that rule breaking, and so yeah. you can you can look at the purge, you know, where uh, we say, okay, you don't like uh, a certain aspect of society. What if what if for one uh, day a year you could just murder whoever you want, and what how would that play out? But you have to remember, it goes for everybody. Everybody can be murdered. And so it, it allows you to go, fuck, is that what I want? I don't think that's actually, actually what I want. So, you know, it, it forces you to kind of look at society in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Not all of them. Again, I don't. I don't know that like chopping mall really uh, set <laughs> up a a big societal question for us to grapple right. with. But it does have that opportunity, and so and Barbara I, Crampton. I, right. I, I, yeah, and I Barbara Crampton. It and both, you know, <laughs> both the opportunity and robots and Barbara Crampton. Um, but I. Um, so there is that. There is that that fact that that horror allows you to sort of. Um, Hypothesize things and yeah. and uh, blow them up to such a degree that you can see sort of the extremity of any idea and really almost no other genre will allow that yeah. uh, on the flip side the 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 real answer is probably that it's just fucking fun and it's <laughs> uh, i I like roller coasters uh, for the same reason that I like horror movies I like mm-hmm. um you know roller coasters because my body feels like it's in danger. But it yeah. it generally isn't, um, right. and so w- with horror movies the same thing. My brain and my adrenaline uh, feels like it's in danger, um, yeah. but I'm but I but it's not. And I sort of like poking that that part of my brain uh, once in yeah. a while. It 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 is fun for me. And, Absolutely. uh, I think that's, that's probably the real answer. I wish it was uh, a nobler answer, like the, no, but I do think it's more that it's just real fun.
0: Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. It is fun. And, and that's, that's the beauty about horror. It, it's not only such a communal genre, but on top of that, it's, it's a genre that initially, like you said, it breaks the rules and you don't see too many genres have the ability to do that. Like, um, Sci-fi, like you said, that has the opportunity to bend the rules, but then you get sci-fi horror where it's just like, well, "Fuck that!" Like we're gonna take that and turn yeah. it up to eleven. And it's just, it's, it's such an interesting concept where you have literally anything you want to do with horror and or genre in general. And and that's that's the beauty behind it, where it's just like you want home invasion, you can do that. Yeah. You want cannibals, you can do that. <laughs> you right. want ghosts, you can do that. You like it. It's it's so many different aspects and. That's the fun part about horror, is the fact that you just have this opportunity to take what you get and initially make lemonades out of rocks. Like, and that, that, it, It's such a bad analogy, but that's initially what horror is. It's just like there's a concept over the land before time. And it's just like you take one of those concepts and you just flip it upside down and there you go. You have fucking horror. Like if you even think about it where it's just like cavemen, take the concept of cavemen, a very, very generic concept. Yeah. Like we, we've heard it, Neanderthals and, and, and so on and so forth. But the concept of cavemen got us the descent. Yeah, right. And like that <sighs> oh. is just it's just like how, what? like <laughs> the concept of isolation got us 28 days later. Yeah. The concept of of even now, COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Like I am so excited to see what people are going to make because of this. It's terrible that people are dying because of this and please everybody stay inside for fuck's sake. Wear your but- fucking
1: mask. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wear your fucking mask, <laughs> stay in <and> fucking side. <laughs> um it, but it, the thing is with like COVID-19 and people keep asking me like, like, what do you think the next um, boom is going to be? And I, and I keep thinking like techno horror and things like that. But the fact that 2020 is such a fucking shit show Mm. that uh, we are getting more light of police, police brutality. And I'm glad those walls are being broken and Mm. and things like that, but still a lot of work to do, Mm -hmm. but more light on police brutality, more, more light on the fact that black lives actually do fucking matter. Mm -hmm. And, all of that, I think we're going to see a, a huge boom of social justice horror. Oh, yeah. And I, 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 I think that that's the main thing. Like, I think we are going to see people under the stairs again. I think we are going to see another get out. I think we are going to see even Nia DaCosta's Candyman. Candyman. Like, I, like, I can't even, fucking
1: wait for Candyman. Like,
0: like, seriously. Like, th- that is I feel like that when once Candyman comes out. And it sounds like it's going to be a running fucking success because Uh everyone's really stoked about this movie. And it's 30 years old and Uh it's insane. But the fact that Candyman is now going back to a project structure that is gone in Chicago, that is huge. Yeah. To the fact where it's just like people have forgot about uh, Cabrini Green. Yeah. And a project that was literally taken away not too long ago, less than 10 years ago. And... The fact that Nia DaCosta was just like, No, I want to revisit that. I want to go back to that. I want to go back to where that all started. I want to see how Anthony's story plays out. Mm-hmm. And I like that. That is beautiful to see that a, 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 a black man who seems to be doing pretty well for himself, he's a painter and, and he, he's doing really good, but yet he has this very odd tie in with Candyman because he was almost burnt to fucking shit mm-hmm. with Candyman. And it's just like it's all of those things that I feel like Candyman is going to spark this particular generation of horror films with social justice. Well, look, that's that's
1: Jordan. I mean, that's Jordan Peele. That's like you. Jordan Peele did not invent the social justice horror movie. But Get Out is probably the best crystallization of that notion, I, I think, at all. Um, yeah. You know, you, I completely you, agree. you can, you can look at, uh, there are a couple other examples, but that there's no movie, mm-hmm. there's no horror movie that has crossed sort of um, uh, social lines the way that that one did. It was, I think, I think that they thought, <laughs> I think a lot of people thought that that movie was uh, for a specific black audience and right. uh, it just, the, the it was, it, it wasn't. And it, it no. was so resonant across all lines, and everyone mm-hmm. left feeling like they were right somehow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> leaving that movie, I mean, it was it was entertaining as fuck, obviously, yeah. which helped. But it also, you know, you leave. I, I, look, I left that movie going, ha, ha, uh, hmm. <laughs> Um am I? Am I Bradley Whitford in that movie? <laughs> like, you know, you just, you gotta, I gotta. Oh, man. I, a, <laughs> man. I would have voted for him a third time if I could have. <laughs> I, I, that fucking movie, I mean, there was a serious, uh, Any any good movie should be holding up a mirror. I mean, any <laughs> sort of effective movie should be holding up a mirror, whether it's yeah. Marriage Story or Get Out yeah. or whatever it is, there should be some sort of mirror, hopefully. Uh, that that is being held up and some mm-hmm. with a greater sort of uh, shockwave than others and Get Out uh, held up a mirror for everyone who saw it. Everyone recognized something in that movie. Yep. And Absolutely. I think, not I think, it opened, it kicked open the door for um, a sort of charged storytelling that I yeah. think uh, people were afraid of. Uh, yep. that producers and executives were afraid of and then mm-hmm. um all I guess all Jordan had to do was make a kabillion dollars and then people were like oh maybe maybe people are interested in like a, <laughs> a story that challenges you a little bit while it entertains you but also you know like I say, you leave going, ha, 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 that was fun. That was fun. I got to think about some stuff, but it was fun. Uh, you know, I oh, wow. I don't know. I I I so I so appreciate what that movie did and what I think the benefits that we're going to reap for decades yeah. from that movie. Absolutely. I think it's um, absolutely it's a good thing.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And our episode on on Get Out is probably one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. And it it, it is so much of a testament of initially of seeing that on screen because I I had a friend, um, her name is Jess. I have a friend, not had. She's she's still in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a friend named Jesse, and um, I was telling her I was like, "Yo, you need to you need to watch this movie. Like, you need to see Get Out. Like, you need to see it." And um, she, I remember she she was, she saw it and, and things like that, and she was like, but it, it felt like it was a movie that wasn't like for me, and I was like, I was like, no, 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 that movie was definitely for you, and and she was like, well, like that's not like appropri- appropriation or anything, like you, like you know, because it, it it seems like a, a like for black people, and I'm like, oh no, 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 see the the thing is, black people have seen that movie before. <laughs> The first time we we watched this movie, we've seen that before. (laughs) Right, right. So like, this was nothing new for us. Yeah, that was for you guys. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yep. (laughs) And 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 I was just like, I was like, you know, this is 1967. Guess who's coming home from dinner? Yeah, this is my life. I have. I'm in an interracial uh, marriage. Like, like, you know, all of these types of things are just things that like have slowly evolved themselves to be something to where get out can really shine. Yeah. And I absolutely I I any chance I get, I'm just like, no, no, watch, watch get out. What please, please watch get out. Yeah. And it's just it's such a phenomenal movie. Such a phenomenal movie and so so
1: so well done
0: but um man i, I know but i Rich. mentioned
1: uh, i know i mentioned horror noir earlier but what yeah. part of what i loved about horror noir um, which if people haven't seen it it's that documentary on Shudder that's all about sort of african americans in horror cinema from the beginning but yeah. it's also not really it, it is about that that's sort of the the lane in which it tells the story but it's really obviously a bigger societal tale that it tells, but I, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, what I dug uh, to, to what you just said, we've that you've seen that movie before. Like, no, no, no. no. I've already seen that movie. You have to see this movie now.
2: Exactly, um,
1: It's true. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. watching that now, I, again, uh, the, a lot of the movies that were covered in horror noir tales from the demon night or tales from the hood. Those were movies mm-hmm. that I watched 10 million times when I was younger, but right. I, Definitely. Um, I am, I am, I mean, I'm, look, we're all going through a moment right now. I'm, I am, I am uh, going through a moment of my own. I'm doing my, my goddamnedest to just shut the fuck up uh, (laughs) and read everything I can and watch everything I can and listen to everything I can. And uh, what Hard Noir did for my, brain was to sort of point out how exactly what you said no no this movie's been playing for a long fucking time yeah. you just weren't listening you just weren't listening and yeah. i i definitely uh <clears throat> have not been listening so i'm doing i'm doing i'm doing what i can but anyway here we are hi well <laughs> We all appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Great, look, look at us. We fixed everything, Prince, you and me.
0: <laughs> Rich, thank you so much for joining me. This has been an absolute blast talking to you. If people want to find you or see you or hear you, where is a good place that people can find you on the internet, my friend?
1: I am uh, really only in one place. On I'm, I'm on Twitter. I was off of Twitter for uh, a long time, and then this pandemic uh, brought me raging back. So I am at Rich Summer R I C H S O M M E R, on Twitter. And uh, uh, otherwise, you know, I'm that uh, that guy that looks nice but probably isn't in something that you saw <laughs> at some point.
0: I love it, my friend. Thank you so much once again for joining me. Thanks for having me. Absolute blast. This was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. On the other end, there we had Rich Summer. Thank you once again. Absolutely. Our efforts to get this show out is not enough, but we need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us with five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast out to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife. That's night with a K. By pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show as early as Monday. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget... Your nightmare.